everybody. Week three is in the books. This is Mo and McGee on fantasy. Kevin, I, in my three leagues, I told you early, only in three leagues, two 0-3 starts and another 1-2 start. So um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I might have just, you know, convinced people to turn off the podcast. So maybe not a great start, but uh, I'm down bad. Yeah. I, after this week, I'm feeling I'm feeling some of the similar feelings. I went one and four in my five leagues with a couple real stinkers. Um, but you know what? We just drafted shitty teams. We follow the leagues pretty closely. We know what's going on. We'll get you the stuff you need to know. We'll both end up making the playoffs in all these leagues. You know how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's a long season, Kevin. You know. You Not Mega Bowl, though. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you, think the, you think the Raiders are, are giving up uh, after an 0-3 start? No. They're going to go uh-huh. out there and they're going to compete just like we will. Um, and a way to do that, Kevin, is names to remember. So a way to maybe get yourself back in the game is maybe picking up one of these guys off the waiver wire and uh, let, them, let them marinate on your bench. Where are you going for your name to remember, Kevin? Yeah, so uh, maybe staying on the topic of being wrong. Last week, my name to forget was Romeo Dobbs, and this week he's the name to remember. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, so I don't like to be wrong ever. I much less like to be wrong so so quickly after I, I tell people that I'm right. But Romeo Dobbs, right after the podcast last week, um, um, was mentioned in an interview with uh, with Matt LaFleur saying that he was going to be taking on a bigger role in week three. Um, that partly some of that was Sammy Watkins hitting IR, Christian Watson going to be out. Um, and you know what? That coach speak wasn't coach speak. We saw it on the field. First drive of the game, there were three design plays to Romeo Dobbs. Ends the, ends the week with 21 points and a really solid showing. I think there's a legitimate chance in this. Uh, a beat, the Packers beat writer mentioned this today. There's a legitimate chance that Romeo Dobbs can still be the one number one in that uh, Aaron Rodgers offense, and that's a nice piece to have, especially when you think about Devontae. Is he going to be Devontae? No, but as Aaron Rodgers said, he has some Devontae-like traits, and I, I, I eat that shit up every fucking time. I'm, I'm all over Romeo Dobbs. Yeah, you, you kind of mentioned at the beginning, it's always kind of hard to trust coach speak in the middle of the week. We're going to get this guy more snaps. We're going to do this, that. But when it's backed up by an actual game film and then it's backed up by the quarterback saying, you know, he liked what he saw, uh, there was a consistent drumbeat, Romeo Dobbs, all offseason. It's kind of a disappointing first couple weeks. And I think they... You know, the whole team, Rodgers, LaFleur, are realizing, you know what, it worked all off season. I don't know, you know, stop trying to be cute. Week three is generally a time where teams are like, okay, whatever we tried to do week one and two, let's just kind of go back to the drawing board. Let's hit what we know best. And you're right, Romeo Dobbs is out there, um, scored, a, scored a touchdown, and he should be a consistent kind of flex level wide receiver four-ish for you. I think from here on with upside. Yeah. And ceiling is uh, that upside is huge. Um, but yeah, he probably not going to uh, have a bunch of big weeks in a row here, but you know, maybe as the season develops, it keeps building that rapport with riders. You, you keep on seeing uh, some accelerating returns. 
Absolutely. What about you? Instead of going straight into my name to forget, what's your name to remember? Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do a little double dip uh, with mine. So I'm gonna stick to the same team: name to remember, name to forget. My name to remember is Richie James. Um, Sterling Shepard goes out out for the season. You feel terrible for the guy. I think this is what, what like his third major season-ending surgery, something like that. Um, but even before that, Richie James has actually been playing uh, more snaps, trending more snaps than Kenny Galladay than uh, any other receiver. He's the second leading receiver due to snaps, second leading receiver in targets as well. Um, so he's leading snaps, targets, and now you're taking the number one receiver out of there. I think Richie James is going to give you, you know, potentially wide receiver three-ish value just due to total targets i think he's going to get targeted pretty heavily um you might see that sterling shepherd workload where he's getting you know eight nine targets a game which if you're looking for some flex maybe you drafted running back heavy and you're looking for wide receiver help richie james is a guy who can fill in and maybe be a bi-week guy eventually as well yeah, absolutely. 70% snap share uh, in week one, you know, down a little bit week two with 42%, but then back up this last week at 74%. Um, it's on the field a lot. Not a name that you expected to see. My only concern is, are they at some point going to be forced to put maybe with the best player on their team, Kadarius Tony, out there in the field? At this point, it doesn't look like that's happening anytime soon. So I would be buying up Richie James um, as well. But keeping an eye out um, for <coughs> Kadarius Tony snaps, um, yeah, that, that that would be the time to pull off. Um, but I think you can hammer that until until you see those signs. Yeah, and I I'm gonna go right into my name to forget because we're sticking on the same team. Uh, we're going with the Giants. Kenny Galladay, the guy's I think the highest paid player on the Giants, Kevin, <laughs> and uh, he's getting less routes and snaps than a guy named David Sills, the fifth. Um, so he's, he's running behind Richie James, David Sills and Darius Tony and Wandell Robinson were both out this last game. So they weren't even in the mix. Uh, once they both get in there, they were both running, uh, you know, ahead of some of these guys. So he could be potentially the fifth wide receiver getting paid $16 million on the giants. <laughs> Um, so it, I, I think his days as a fantasy contributor are done. He might earn some level of snap percentage eventually. I don't know if he has the attitude to work into Dabble's favor. Um, but I think his, you know, the offense is not run through their wide receivers. Even if he does play, he's going to be competing with three, four other guys. I think it's time to just completely forget about Kenny Galladay. Yeah, only five targets on the season, which might even be fewer than uh, the first four David Sills's. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there. Apparently, Kenny Galladay was 100% just Matthew Stafford. I think that's the only explanation, unless you know those knee injuries were truly debilitating, where he you know he lost everything off of it. But it, it kind of seems like he's a go up and get the ball kind of guy. Stafford is willing to do that, and Danny Dimes is not. You're right about that. Who's your name to forget? So my name to forget, um, kind of going along the same lines of saw opportunity, didn't really uh, 
didn't really cash out on it is Zamir White. So um, very popular pickup late in this week um, with Josh Jacobs reportedly not making the team plane um, to, to play in this week's game. Does end up making a personal flight out there, does play in the game. But if you have a sick Josh Jacobs, um, the, this is the time for Zamir White to step in and be be the guy that you, you hope that he's going to be in in order to hopefully overtake Josh Jacobs. And we didn't see any of that. Um, just nine touches, I believe, um, and, and none of them re- really being fruitful at all. Um, even if Josh Jacobs does go down, he's probably not going to be on the field for third downs, considering they have both Brandon Bolden, a Josh McDaniels favorite, and um, Amir Abdullah. So at this point, no ceiling, no floor, no opportunities. Amir White, forget about him. Yeah, he, uh, you know, he's not played very many snaps at all this season. Um, and you're right. This is one of those times, Kevin, where, you know, we mentioned the drum beat for Romeo Dobbs is pretty strong in the offseason. It's not always good to listen to that drum beat because the drum beat was very similar for Zamir White, that he was, he, overtook Amir Abdullah during the offseason, that he was pushing Josh Jacobs. You know, there was some rumblings that, you know, McDaniels was potentially going to trade Josh Jacobs. They were so confident in (laughs) Zamir White. Uh, And, you know, we see now not every training camp story works out uh, in the flesh. No, a lot of times it seems like it's just wishful thinking from beat writers. Um yeah, definitely, definitely did not come into fruition here. And actually, Kevin, I this is genius. I know what these beat writers are doing. They're, you know, drumming up Zamir White <laughs> and Romeo Dobbs. So they drive up the draft boards and they can swoop in and get the guys that they're looking for. <laughs> oh, Alan Lazard, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. There was some big running back injuries this week, Kevin. Let's start with the Lions, DeAndre Swift. Pretty easy uh, plug-and-play with Jamal Williams, who was playing while DeAndre Swift was healthy, and now it looks to be getting probably 90% of the work with Craig Reynolds popping in there eventually. Yeah, Craig Reynolds will be kind of looping in, but you're right. Jamal Williams was just kind of eaten away at DeAndre Swift's share, and now, now it looks like it's all his until DeAndre Swift comes back. Um, it does look like DeAndre Swift will probably miss at least this week. Um, but even if he doesn't miss this week, you know, Jamal Williams is probably, since he's been getting the goal line work on a team that's scoring a lot of points, still playable even um, as they slowly work to bring DeAndre Swift back. Yeah, and they play Seattle this week that's, you know, been consistently pretty getting gashed. So um, I think he's probably you know, a high-end RB2 this week uh, and, you know, probably uh, in the weeks to follow. Uh, They do have a bye week in week six, the Lions, so I'm guessing the idea would be to sit Swift through the bye, have him really healthy at week seven, ready to kind of rip through the rest of the season. So you're going to get a couple good weeks at Jamal Williams. Yeah. Actually, coming out of that week six bye, they might just have no active running backs and let Jared Goff spray the ball over the field to Jamison Williams. I'm on Ross, Ross St. Brown. Brown. Look out, folks. The Lions are back. 
Yeah, Kevin has Jameson Williams on every team, and he's just taking up a roster. Every spot, fucking so. year. <laughs> every fucking team. Yep. And um, you know what? He might not play at all this year, but I'm okay with it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about another running back in the NFC North that got injured. That's David Montgomery. Um, I think they thought it was going to be pretty bad. He goes out with the same knee ankle that he hurt last year. Um, reports are a little more glowing saying day to day. Uh, this is another pretty cut and dry one as you're going to see, there's kind of a theme here. Um, Khalil Herbert came in against the Texans dominated. He's going to get the majority snaps anytime Montgomery sets. Yeah. Um, and he, and he did a lot with those snaps too. I think he was the second highest, uh, flux eligible player this week. Um, well over 100 yards, dove into the end zone at least once, if not twice. 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 Yeah, because um, he's on my bench in every single league. So. Well, there you go. <laughs> I bet you're looking forward to David Montgomery back this week. Um, no, uh, the only thing I, I do have to comment on this is Tristan Ebner did play, you know, 24% of the snaps. Um, granted, when he was on the field, he wasn't touching the ball, but um, – Maybe another name, if you missed out on the um, Khalil Herbert sweepstakes and this does turn into an extended absence for David Montgomery, might be worth the roster spot because the Bears are bound and determined to run the ball at all costs. Yeah, he was a pretty prolific, Ebner was a pretty prolific uh, receiving back and they drafted him to be such. So, um, you know, if they ever figure out how to... uh, have Justin Fields throw the ball, I think he, yeah, he could be useful. Now, do um, the Bears understand that around, like, 50 years ago, they created this rule about the forward pass? I don't know. Yeah, and I don't know if they, you know, Justin Fields, I don't know if they ever watched his college tape, but was pretty good throwing the ball. Like, he could actually throw, you know, not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> he can actually, like, Like, with throw his arm, throw yeah. the ball down, yeah. the, down the field? Yeah, I I don't know. He must, from what it looks like, and I don't know anything about the Bears. I don't pretend to know about what's going on, but it just seems like he's kind of, I don't know. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm a starting quarterback in the NFL. That's what I'm supposed to do. And then you look at a guy like Justin Herbert, who was, like, willing to die to play quarterback. <laughs> it's just a little different, like, mindset, I think. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that shows up in practice. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think a big part of it, and we'll talk about this, I think, later, but is Matt Eberflus. Yeah, um, let's go third running back in the NFC North to go down. Dalvin Cook, shoulder again, um, pretty, you know, this is, everyone says, you know, Dalvin, draft him. You're going to miss him for a couple weeks in the year. It's going to be usually about the shoulder. Um, they're saying that he might go with a harness in London. Uh but I think the idea should be to just play Alexander Madison, let him heal up the shoulder. I don't think it's worth him to go take a hit, have that shoulder get really banged up. Um, but here's the question. We all know Ma- Alexander Madison. He's been a thing all the, every every year, basically. If you had the number one waiver spot or you had all $200 or however much your max budget is a fab and Williams – Swift, uh, sorry, Jamal Williams, Khalil Herbert, Alexander Madison are sitting there. Who are you spending your most money on? Who are you using the number one claim on? 
Um, so the guy that I would be targeting is Jamal Williams, and that's because he's been taking um, taking over that some of that work from DeAndre Swift, even uh, aside from the injury, um, and important work in, in, in those goal line carries. Um, David Montgomery is probably going to find his way back onto the field pretty soon. Um, so Herbert's a little bit out for me. And then same thing with Dalvin Cook. You know, he might play this week. Yes, he'll probably miss more time for the shoulder, but I don't know. Alexander Madison with this new offense. We haven't seen Dalvin Cook having huge games, so I, it makes me skeptical that a lesser player in Madison will. So it sounds like you kind of, if you had to rank them, would be Williams, Madison, Herbert. Yeah, with with Madison and Herbert really close. You know, I, they're probably a dollar difference for me. Yeah. Um, I'm probably in the same vein. I'm just a huge Cool Herbert fan. I, you know, I I wish and hope that <laughs> Dave Montgomery, like, chooses to maybe sit out the season and recoup. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, just take the year off, get healthy for next year. Um, I don't think he's going to do that, but. Yeah, there, it's, it's always possible, right? Or maybe get suspended for the rest of the year for gambling or something. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, the final kind of big injury was Mac Jones. Looks like he's going to miss a few weeks. Um, once again, we don't, this is kind of the same thing as Trey Lance. We don't recommend Jimmy Garoppolo and we're not going to recommend Brian Hoyer. However, um, there was no Jacoby Myers in this last game. Devonte Parker has a huge game. Do you, is it a complete downgrade across the board for guys like Myers, Hunter Henry, Devontae Parker, maybe the running backs as well. Yeah, I uh, to be honest, this completely kills the uh, Patriots um, offense for me. You know, Hoyer might be able to do some stuff out there, but I, I think back to a couple years ago when they were swapping up um, Jared Stidham and Cam Newton in and out every week, and it was just ugly, ugly, ugly. I, I'm, I'm nervous that that'll be the case again. Um, there could be some really dark days ahead for the Patriots. To me, it's safest to just be totally out. And, you know, if you miss out on Damian Harris being a 15-point per game player, you should be okay with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there might be a slight uptick for both Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris in just pure touches because they're not going to trust Hoyer as much as they did Mac Jones. But doesn't seem like they really trusted Mac Jones. So I, I think the workload is going to be steady for the running backs. Um, and this is a true committee. I think this, the, you know, the snaps were like 60, 40 this week. They had been like 60, 40 Harris Stevenson this week. They were 60, 40 Stevenson Harris. Uh, was that because they were behind most of the game? Probably. Um, so yeah, this is probably a situation that you don't exactly want to have a lot of uh, chips in. Yeah, and you know, I wasn't ever a big Mac Jones fan, but the offense will be worse. So fewer scoring opportunities, you do the math. Yeah, um, let's go to hot or not, Kevin. These are guys that have had big weeks. Uh, do we think it can continue? Do we think there's enough uh, runway here? We're going to go pretty wide receiver heavy, so three receivers and a running back. But let's start out with a guy who um, – had a really quiet week one, I believe zero points, and now has had two consecutive pretty nice weeks, culminating 
with a huge one. I think it was like 160 and a touchdown, eight catches for Devonta Smith. Yeah, a huge, huge week. The highest scoring flex player, um, Devonta Smith. I think it's hot. I think this Eagles offense is legit. Yes, there's going to be some ebb and flow with A.J. Brown having the big game, Dallas Goddard having the big game. Um, but for the most part, if you're okay taking a you know a zero to six point week here and there in order to cash in big like this on um, like this thirty point week, I I think he's going to keep it going. He's worth a buy for me. And I said before the season that I was excited because Devontae Smith was going to be underdrafted, and I still didn't draft him, and I'm kicking myself. <laughs> yeah, uh, it seems like. Um... Very similar to the Justin Jefferson situation, a lot of defenses are reacting quickly to A.J. Brown's huge week one, and they're like, oh, shit, A.J. Brown's here. He's going to get heavily targeted. Let's roll some coverage his way. And it's making Devonta Smith's life pretty easy, and he's capitalized on it the last two weeks. Um, You know, like you said, the Eagles offense is finding ways to get these guys wide open. Uh, And, you know, when you have a good scheme – and good talent, um, you're going to get some explosive fantasy performances. Uh, you're right. There's going to be A.J. Brown weeks. Um, you know, there might even be Dallas Goddard weeks. But if you can take those and, you know, if you're lucky enough to have Devonta Smith in your flex, uh, I think you're going to be in for some for some big, big weeks. Absolutely. That sounds like I a mean, dream. From where, when he was, where he was getting drafted, he was getting drafted around other, you know, flex-level flex. players. Yeah, that's true. So, let's go. It? Oh, yeah, no, go ahead. Mind. I was going to make a stupid inside joke. Moving on. <laughs> Matt Collins, hot or not? <laughs> the journeyman Matt Collins, um, I think this one might be real, but not 30 points real. Um, so the last two games, he's at eight targets, 10 targets. Hunter Renfro has been banged up these last two games, which definitely does factor in. Um, but it looks like him and Derek Carr have a nice rapport. Uh, Devontae Adams is probably going to command more targets than he has. Darren Waller might. Like I said, I, I, I'm not in for 29 points a week, but I think he can... can you know, can provide you six to eight targets per week, provide you some, you know, wide receiver four level, which previously to week three, no one even thought about Matt Collins. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I can't argue with any of those points. The only reason I'm out on Matt Collins is I've fallen into this Matt Collins trap before. I, I've seen this on the Dolphins. Um, Probably fell for it four or five times, to be honest. Um, you'll get, you know, a few uh, weeks where he has a couple touchdowns here and there, but it always seems to die off a little bit. This is an offense where we were worried about um, Darren Waller and Devontae Williams or Devontae Adams at the same time, um, you know, being able to support each other. You're throwing it. And Hunter Renfro and Matt Collins now, you know, it's starting to feel really, really crowded really quickly. Good news for them is they're not running the ball very well. Um, so they could be spraying um, the ball around quite a bit. The defense comes back to uh, full Raiders awfulness. 
I could definitely see Matt Collins being your safe 12 points in and out. But personally, can't can't bring myself to get Matt Collins trapped again. Yeah, yeah, he's probably a guy where you want to, if you have some bench flexibility, get him on your bench and see what happens. But yeah, uh, yeah you're you're not inserting him into lineups anytime soon. I don't think. No problem with that. Um, now a guy who's been in and out of lineups, I feel, uh, currently ranked as the 25th running back, which would say that he's kind of a starter. Uh, Tony Pollard. So he had his first uh, rushing game of the season over 100 yards. He didn't have any catches. Chips in for about 10 points. A week after, he had 19 points. So two startable RB3 weeks, uh, throwing an RB1 uh, in week two. What's your confidence with Tony Pollard? Uh the hard-hitting questions today. Um, I I think I'm a little bit of a Zeke fanboy, and that was evident last week. And I'm going to keep it rolling here. I think Tony Pollard is a great back. Definitely kind of a lightning to uh, an, an aging Zeke's thunder. Um, I still prefer Ezekiel Elliott because I think buried under you know that beard is you know talent that's waiting to be unleashed in that offense when it's it, it can get rolling again. Um, do I, would I be happy with Tony Pollard on my team? Absolutely. But am I going out to get him? Uh, probably not. I'm, I'm going to guess the price is too high for me. So I'm very lukewarm to answer your question, Logan. Yeah. And I think this is kind of a, like you said, we did talk Zeke a little bit. I'm more of a Pollard fan than I am a Zeke fan. Zeke just looks slow. Um, Pollard looks electric every time he touches the ball. Um, so I'm a little more in on Pollard. I think he can provide, you know, a floor of around 10 points a week, which is pretty, pretty huge as far as, you know, there's not many running backs out there that can provide you that kind of nice floor. Um, and, you know, he has, you know, that long touchdown upside. Um, he's going to have more catches than zero in a game uh, in probably every game the rest of the season, I'm guessing. Um Wait for Dak to get back. I, I'm kind of in on Tony Pollard as a high-end RB3, low-end RB2. Next guy we have on the list, Amari Cooper. Um, it's a pretty big week on Thursday this week. Um, upwards of 20 points. Trying to pull up the exact number here. 23.1 points. Um, it's currently wide receiver 12. Does he keep that going? Is he hot or is he not? I think he is, Kevin. Two weeks in a row, over 10 targets. Two weeks in a row, 101 receiving yards exactly. Um, as long as Jacoby Brissett's in there, I feel like he's going to be targeting Amari Cooper around 10 times. Um, you know, you probably didn't have to spend, you know, huge draft value on Amari Cooper um, just because I feel like he was kind of a forgotten man out there. Um He's providing through the last two weeks wide receiver one capability. Uh, do I think he's going to be finished as a top 12 receiver? No. Right now he's at 12. Uh, I think he probably finishes somewhere in the top 20, which is probably better than where you drafted him. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. I think he uh, outperforms um, draft position 
but doesn't blow it out of the water. I think it'll be very telling what happens the next two weeks. Um, so AJ Terrell hasn't been playing too well the, the, the season, but he will be matched up on Amari next week. And then uh, presumably JC Jackson will be back for the Chargers in week five. So a couple of those more premier corners that you know, I'm air quoting premier um, <laughs> that, you know, should be able to uh, let, let you know how um, lineup proof um, uh, or uh, set and forget Amari Cooper is. Um, from here on out a- a- after you see those two weeks. So do you think, would you sell high if you had him on your team right now? If if you're looking to make a move um, and you picture Amari Cooper in that package, I would say that right now is probably your best opportunity. Am I very happy with Amari Cooper on my team and probably having wide receiver 20? Yes, I I would be very happy with that. I, I would like to hold him, but if you're planning on moving him, if he's going to be a centerpiece in a package, I would say do it now. All right. Um, we're going to bring back a, a, a segment that we had toyed around with last year, um, but it's our bums of the week, Kevin. These are guys that were heavily started, uh, probably heavily drafted, and they probably killed you this week unless you had amazing talent other places. These are guys that you probably drafted in the top four or five rounds. Um, you know, my guy was drafted in the top ten picks. So, well, who is your guy? My guy is Justin Jefferson, and I hate doing this because I love him like my son, um, like my 20, 22-year-old son. Um, <laughs> that would make me eight when I, when I had Justin Jefferson. Um, but, yeah, Kevin, two weeks in a row with J.J., uh, under five or, you know, not two weeks in a row under five, but two weeks in a row with not great. You know, you started him for sure. You started him up as your wide receiver one, uh, probably the centerpiece of your team. He got you 4.4 points against the Detroit Lions. Um, six targets still, um, but only three for 14. Uh, he only got you 10 points last week as well. Uh, he their defenses are reacting very strongly to that nine for 84, 184, and two touchdowns in week one. Um, <laughs> and you know, he was consistently, uh, they had Jeffrey Kuda on him and they also had a safety on him at all times. That's why you saw guys like Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne both have really good fancy days. And, you know, you might see this in the future where the two other guys are going to have to produce because teams are going to roll massive coverage to Justin Jefferson. Um, if you have J.J., you probably lost this week. That's probably true. Um, would you try to trade Justin Jefferson knowing that these brackets are probably coming every single week down the down the road or – do you say there are a handful of truly elite wide receivers? I have one of them. I should keep him. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe I would see what he does this week against Marshawn Lattimore. If he can't break out of the funk, I, you know, his, his value has eroded slightly, very little, I think, because he's still Justin Jefferson. You're right. There's a handful of elite wide receivers He's still getting ranked in the top five everywhere. Yep. 
this you could still you know get tremendous value if you traded him this week. You do run a little risk waiting because if he does get locked up by Marshawn Lattimore, which we've seen Lattimore do multiple times to good receivers, his value is going to start to decline um, because if he has three bad weeks in a row, um, you know, there's there's guys who are dumb, but not many are stupid. Um, (laughs) and, And so you can maybe get a little higher value than another player having the sim- similar, you know, point totals just because the name is huge. Um, however, you know, Kevin O'Connell is a rookie, co- rookie coach, never called plays before. Um, well, I think he did in Washington maybe, but, you know, not consistently. So, well, it's a, it's a real risk you're running, Kevin, where he might not know how to scheme up Justin Jefferson. You know, it, it's, uh, you know, he, he talks the talk where he needs to get Justin Jefferson the ball more, but yeah, I don't know. Does he not know how to adjust in game to get him the ball more? That worries me a little that he allowed the lions to take him completely out of the game. Yeah. That, that's one spot you don't want to see somebody fall flat is that line secondary. My bum of the week also comes from my favorite team. Oh my. Yeah. And we're talking about DJ Moore who was on the field for 98% of snaps. He um, received six targets, which, you know, isn't the end of the world, but he caught one for two yards, but don't worry. He ran the ball two times for 13 yards. Gives you two and a half points on this or uh, in week three. Um, you know, there was probably a highlight reel two minutes long of Baker overthrowing him. You gotta hope if you're a Panther fan or a DJ Moore fantasy owner that Baker reigns it in a little bit, brings it down, um, gives DJ some more catchable balls because uh for what you paid for DJ Moore, two and a half points, eight points. It's not going to get it done. Um, Never been a big touchdown guy, so you need to feed on the volume. We just haven't seen Carolina run a lot of plays. It's it's probably absolute panic time if you have DJ Moore, Um, and it's probably and it's definitely panic time if you're a Panther fan. So yeah, yeah, is this the time to maybe try to trade him on name brand only? Uh, You know, you're probably going to get a little bit of a you know, he's going to not get you exactly what you paid for him, but he still does have the name uh, and it's early enough in the season where you can maybe get off of him with some value coming back. Do you do it or just hope it improves? Yeah, I I think you hope it improves this week against Arizona. Um, You know, a, you know, potentially vulnerable secondary there. Um, If it doesn't, you're probably fucked. (laughs) because <laughs> um, then they're following it up with San Francisco, the Rams, the Bucks. It, it's a scary outlook um, the next few weeks, and you're probably stuck with DJ Moore um, if he doesn't go off this week. So if if you want to be a little more risk averse, try to dump him now. I would feel out the prices, but ideal scenario is he gets eight for eighty, and and, and you can unload him um, at. You know, probably close to purchase price. 
Yeah, it's super strange because he's played with way worse quarterbacks than Baker Mayfield. Way worse. Oh, so, my God. It's bad. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, you know what we're going to do, Kevin? Uh, if you're a DJ Moore owner, if you're a Justin Jefferson owner, you lost this week most likely. Come on back for the strategy episode week two where we can tell you to uh, some guys you might want to be trading for. We'll also tell you a little bit about uh, how to control your team if it didn't start out too hot. Yeah, we'll see you there. See you.